it doesn't work in abundance. And the thing is, creativity is here in abundance. But if we keep offering it on the same platforms to the same people, it obviously going to decrease in value. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode, to another week, and I am sorry for my nasally voice. I am currently fighting with spring allergies because they are a thing and I am allergic. But yeah, I'm very happy to have this episode today. It's with Kevin Blackstar de Randanmi. I probably destroyed his last name, but I'm still learning Dutch. He is the founder, one of the founders of Creative Revolution. A community, a group, a company, an LLC, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's great. They are essentially teaching creatives how to improve their business skills, not by just saying, okay, here are a bunch of skills, do it, but by saying, hey, take the skills we already have, change your mindset, and make your business profitable with what you already own, and allowing you to connect to other people with different skills that can help you. Oh my God, it's so exciting. Here's my interview with Kevin. Sorry, it's too exciting. Yeah. But hi, Kevin. How are you today? Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, you know, chilling, excited to have you here. How is this Monday treating you? How's this week starting? Ooh, girlfriend. Um, it's it's a very intense week. It's a very, a very intense period. So what makes it intense right now? Like we're definitely in a, in a major shift. Like effectively, we're transitioning from you know, a club of creative people uh, trying to help other creative people to a tech startup, which is, oh, wow. yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because all we really do is like, you know, scale up our services through technology, but that completely shifts the entire equilibrium of, you know, finance, the type of people you talk to, um, l- the legal structures is is completely different uh so yeah it's it's intense but truthfully i'm completely nerding out i have a nerdgasm like i love it i love that and i have so many questions about uh that's i'm gonna try so hard to not get on either my soapbox or bombard you with questions (laughs) about the effects technology has on creatives because Mm. my god it's it's a moment in, in history. I mean, I think we're so, I mean, I'm always fascinated by the fact that I was born in this time. Yeah. And to be able to enjoy all these things. A friend of mine is actually doing a project about what it's like growing up with the internet. And she's interviewing people who experienced the transition from no internet to internet. Mm-hmm. So people in their um, early 60s, people in their, in their early oh, 30s. Oh, from no internet at all. From no internet at oh, all. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, her, she interviewed her mom recently, and her mom said that she remembered when her boss got a computer for the office. Yeah. And she remembers, I remember my first email. Yeah. I know who it was, too. I remember what my email address was. Oh, wow. <laughs> Something that's so mundane for us today. Like, I can send an email from my phone yeah. at any moment. 
for yeah. her it was this pivotal moment. So yeah, we can nerd out about technology yeah, and how that. it's changed the world. It's going to be fun. I really love that. Okay, so for the audience of the podcast and the listeners, please tell us who you are and what you're currently working on. All right, so my name is Kevin. Uh, my last name is De Randami, which sounds weird in English. That's because it's Dutch. And um, uh, my artist name uh, is Blackstar with an X. And I started my creative journey, so to speak, uh, as a hip-hop artist. Um, uh, released my first project relatively late. I was 26 when I did it, but when I did it, I decided to do it on my own uh, label. So I, I started a, a label for my first album and that kind of propelled me onto this learning curve of learning my artistic development and my business development simultaneously. And, um, so long story short, that has kind of, um, propelled me uh well it, it allowed me to learn more and faster about the, the the business back end of creative industry which allowed me to help my friends and you know the people i surrounded myself with which then um uh became like a platform for let's say creative entrepreneurs and a, and a business school for creators that i started in 2018 and uh, so basically my thing is like, whenever I figure something out, um, I try and make it available to other people who want to do the same thing. And uh, with that formula, I now run a business called the Creative Revolution Group, uh, which is effectively um, um, uh, a group of companies that work, close, that work together closely in order to help people um, let's say, gain more impact and more income from the creativity across the spectrum. So that goes for artists, but it also goes for innovators, uh, you know, people in the, in the corporate, uh, in the corporate world, um, because we find that uh, entrepreneurs are the artists within the system, right? So we try and help both. Uh, because it all boils down to the same psychology, the same dynamics, the same um, um, thresholds, just different playing fields, so to speak. So that's what I'm what I'm working on now. So I'm um, I'm the founder of Creative Revolution Group, and I'm still artistically uh, active in terms of writing uh, creative content, spoken word, music, stories, uh, but also learning programs and stuff like that. That's so cool. You have such a diverse background. And I think it's great that you highlight the the fact that many times we see people in non-traditionally creative jobs and we think that they're not creative, but they're also yeah. creative just in their own way. I mean, yeah. I always say that an accountant can be creative. You, I don't think you want a creative accountant. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Like literally, literally in finance is the only context in which creativity gets to have a dark or sinister connotation like nowhere else in the in the english dictionary is creativity something that could be perceived as bad until you talk about finance exactly it's it's such a that it you're right it's the only context in which you don't want to be creative or as yeah. seen as a bad thing yeah but i the first time i heard you speak 
I was for the innovation talks with my past guest Chris Locke and Claudia Meyer. Yeah, and you great. said this phrase that resonated in resonated with me, and I've said it so many times before, is that in your in your approach in how in your practice as a creative, you say, "I give you, I took the stairs, so you can take the escalator, and I only ask that you give someone the elevator." <laughs> I think that's. That is so deep. Can you like tell the audience more about that? Because yeah, it's 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 a mindset and I think it applies for so many areas of life. It is, it is, it is. Um so I think it is it is um it goes to valuing yourself. Right. It really goes to understanding that the process that you've gone through um results in something that's way bigger than you are. And depending on where you are, you get to um, show. You should get. You get to show it to people. You get. You get. You can. Basically, I'm not gonna say give it to other people, but you can help other people establish uh, their goals based on your knowledge, your 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 experience, your intellect. And what happens a lot, too much, uh, if you ask me, is that people. Um, keep being reminded of the ladder uh, that they built um, as though there was no elevator yet. And, you know, like, even though there are, there are literally, you know, building, building elevators, um, the frame from, from the, the frame through, I, no, let me rephrase that. The, um, the, the glasses through which they are viewed usually by the people that have known them for a long time, will always or will oftentimes be that ladder. Whereas you shift your your uh, perspective and you know, you're actually doing the elevators and you're actually helping people get on the elevator and you're actually um, explaining to them how the elevator works. And it's such a powerful thing to realize that. I have a, like a very, very... Um, practical uh, example. So we did um, for the uh, the Brainworks Academy. We did um, uh, like a final graduation show. Uh, we invited some people from uh, different companies, uh, and our um, participants uh, would you know do like a pitch uh, to show uh, the audience how they would be able to be of value to them through their creativity. There was a lady who basically came up with a concept to have the whole crowd uh, sing as though it was a singing masterclass. Like it, it became harmonic and it was gorgeous. Um, so she took her ladder singing classes. She built an elevator, a whole harmonically sound experience for a hundred plus people. And based on that, she was uh, invited to come and do that same thing uh, for a corporate event uh, uh, in Germany. So obviously she said yes. But then when she was asked how much she would charge for that, she gave them the latter price because she was used to doing these types of workshops in at primary schools there she'd get like i you know let's say 300 euros 
So she actually mentioned that same price to the people from the corporation, right? And I see a lot of people, especially creators, making that same mistake. And the reverse of it, I see too. I see a lot of people who actually decide, you know what, I'm going to start focusing on the elevator and keep being pulled back to the latter level of thinking because they they refrain uh, from moving from the space that they are that they that they're from uh, stay there and because you know, provides a certain kind of safety I guess and therewith implode their own value I think that that is something that more people should be aware of there's a lot of um, there's a whole world to be won if we understand to whom we have a letter and to whom we can show the elevator. Damn, that's so true. It, it's it's so true and it's relevant because you're right. As, as creatives, we think like, okay, I can, we think, I, I read this book recently about called The Value of Everything. And she, mm. uh, the author, do you know it? Oh, I it's think great. I read it. I love, yeah, I love when she calls the difference between value and price. That we always the, that we forget that value and price are completely different things. That exactly. For example, to me right now, a goat doesn't have the same value that it has to a family in Oman. To a family in Oman, a goat is the most precious thing in the world. To me, it's gonna be exactly. a strange pet that doesn't fit in my room. <laughs> it's gonna be a a burden to them. It's gonna be a gift. So I love how people can't, be... people can't see us, but I love how you look beside you as though there was actually a goat. And yeah. I love in your example that you bring that because it's it's a reality. And yeah. how did you how did you get because you, uh, here really because you started as an artist and then as a rapper and then as a musician and then you went to creating this collaborative group. Like, how did you get here? What's your motivation? Did, were you learning on the go? Did you take courses, certifications, like? What was your journey education-wise like? Um, I'm, a, I'm an auditive learner. Oh, nice. I listen. Like, to me, my business, my business school started when I listened, when I started listening to business radio. Um, just to get a understanding of, you know, the language, the concept, the people. It's kind of like, you know, when you walk around in, an, in an, a new country, yeah, how are you going to navigate? You can try and read something, but your the sounds, I mean, obviously for those people that can hear, the sounds are um, is basically like you've, for me at least, is, is basically the first type of information that uh, really helped me to um, steer the situation that I, that I encountered. So I started listening to business radio and lot of podcasts, well, not not really podcasts at that time, but um, audiobooks, um, and surround myself with, you know, business types uh, that would just talk among themselves and allow me to kind of be that fly on the wall and, and therewith uh, gather all this information just from the, the two different perspectives that I heard. Um, that's really how I, how I learned 
uh, and how, how I got my understanding of, you know, concepts like value, concepts like money, and how it's not really worth anything until we decided it, that it is. And, and the whole, the whole, um, there's something called the innovation paradox. I don't know if you know if you've even heard about that, but to me, it's like it's 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 such a simple concept and such an incredibly tough problem to solve, right? Um, and all businesses deal with it. Um, so all of these things start to like, you know, like permeate my brain. And being a creator, I started to recognize the common denominator that every, like all of these things really boil down to a creative process. Like all of the things that people consider problems uh, could almost literally be seen as solid blocks in things that stop a flow, stop a creative flow. And that's why we're looking for solutions. Like we're literally trying to create, recreate the liquid flow again. And um, so reading a little bit, listening a lot and uh, setting up a, the, the business course, the, the business school for creators between these three, I had so many hours of input that um, it started to kind of like become second nature, I guess. And, um, and the first, the first, the first, I think, trick in the book that I applied was the blue ocean uh, strategy. Um, I literally took uh, uh, hip hop concerts, left out the music, uh, left out the entourage, the big stage, went back to uh, small spotlight, kind of like a like a stand up comedy setting, and has hip hop artists perform their lyrics with no music. And then that became a poetry event, whereas nobody had really written poetry at that point. Um, and so that was one of those concepts that 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 we uh, did that really worked. And then I kind of did the same with with you know, business school. Like the whole concept of a business school for creators is almost like a contradiction in terms, right? So when we started doing that and we started raising money for it, people started to you know, like gravitate to the concept of it, even though it was still hard to to. it was easier to get teachers than it was to get students because entrepreneurs love to share their knowledge but obviously we need people to pay for that uh content um so it's just a lot of experimenting tweaking and seeing what works and, and that's why i'm super happy now and i feel thoroughly blessed that um almost almost 10 years later we're at the at the brink of launching our first app, and uh, you know taking the whole thing global. That's amazing, and I think you're totally right. I can imagine how fine uh, most creative creatives are almost allergic to the idea of business. They are we we, we see ourselves yeah. as purists, as creativity is this pure thing, yeah. creation, non commercial. How am I going to let the client intervene in my process? And yeah, yeah. There's, there's this sense of fear, almost almost as if making money from your work makes it impure or makes it yeah, too commercial, exactly. too capitalistic. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you're expanding this knowledge because there needs to be a balance. Like there's nothing wrong with paying your bills. And if you can pay your bills doing what you love, 
where is the sin in that? You, you know, exactly that. And I mean, I, I, I'll go even one step further. By disallowing yourself to make money off of your creativity, you're stealing time away from your development because it means you're going to have to take another job. That job is going to pay you by the hour. Those hours are not going into whatever it is you hope to develop. So like you're literally stealing time away from your own development. Totally. You're in from experiences that you could have. Um, what I love about your journey personally is that many times we see going to university mm. as or going to a course or taking a, some some type of education as I'm going for a certificate. I'm going mm. because I need a degree. But what you're doing is putting yourself in a situation in which you can absorb knowledge and get input, which is what you did. You put yourselves in rooms and situations in yeah. which you could absorb. Yeah. And that's exactly the point of the show that you can, those situations can look completely different. Definitely. And do you have from all these inputs from all these sources, do you have any, anybody that you saw as a teacher or as a mentor that impacted you for good reasons or for bad reasons or somebody that you're like, who's the voice that you hear in the back of your head when you have to make a decision or a choice? Who do you go to? That's a good one. Actually, I go to spiritual teachers more than business uh, teachers. So, for instance, uh, there's an American pastor called T.D. Jakes. Like when I was, when I came to Rotterdam, I moved to Rotterdam from Amsterdam. Uh, when I came here, I was literally uh, up Shits Creek. Um, it was a rock bottom moment. One of the, let's say, three in my life. You know, because one is never enough. Um, of course. You know, so I listened a lot to TDJs, and um, that has really given me the faith to move forward, but also, it's not just faith or blind faith, it's also confidence. And I, I realized that everything is in the mind. Right. Like when I struggle with something, it is me telling my mind that I struggle with it. And it's my mind actively seeking proof of that notion. Right. Like I remember one of the one of the. I think. Key moments in that development was I had a whole stack of blue envelopes. Now in the Netherlands, people know that blue envelopes come from the the tax revenue service, right? Um, oh, I hate those envelopes. You know, most people do. <laughs> um, but I, I had a whole stack of Accountants them. love them. And I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Account, for accounts, it means work. <laughs> so I had a whole stack of them. And I had absolutely no money, no income. I sold my car. My daughter was about a year or two years old. Uh, so I was really struggling. Um, so I was looking at this stack and I was literally asking God out loud, what am I going to do with this? And then I heard the voice say, burn it. And the funniest thing, the resistance that I felt in my body just by the notion of burning blue paper, <laughs> right? The resistance <laughs> felt like it was almost sickening, right? So it, it like, and it just, it just kept repeating itself, burn it. So 
I did. And the catharsis that was released in my in my mind, in my body, was so massive that I only then understood how strong and how powerful all of these thoughts really are. Like they can literally block you from beautiful opportunities. Obviously, I didn't solve anything in that moment. It's not like my debt was, you know, wiped out. However, it did release a fear in me. Like I got rid of the fear. And so when you ask me what what voice do I hear in my head is is probably probably T D Jakes. Yeah, his voice. Um uh more than any any one teacher. That sounds like such a true and powerful moment. Yeah, it was. Just and it I was I was into this other pod these podcast the other day and it was about this saying in um in in Islam which says which says trust God but tie your camel. Ah, I love it. Yes. <laughs> It's so good. It was oh, so true. It's, it. it's, and it's basically trust God that everything will be solved, but do everything in your power to, exactly. to do everything first. Yeah. And sometimes that. that's going to be just taking a beat or letting that emotion come out so mm -hmm. you can be in a position to accept what's come, that comes next. Yeah. And you know what? My therapist, because I go to therapy, has said that so much that we are, our brains are wired to hold on to negative experiences exactly. Exactly. and it's evolution it's evolutionary so we tasted something that tasted weird and we have to remember mm -hmm. to survive don't yes. eat the poison mushroom yes if it if it tasted funny it was for a reason don't eat it yes. again exactly and we always look for these confirmations of negative things it's mm -hmm. it's survival mm -hmm. so when something positive comes in it we almost reject it it's like are you telling me that this mushroom that looks exactly the same is now tasty yeah, mm -hmm. yeah don't yeah, trust yeah. it yeah exactly Don't trust yeah that's a very powerful example yeah and yeah. we need those moments of catharsis to be like okay now i'm ready for something new it's like i'm yeah. ready for the next step yeah and sometimes the next step is going to be really small sometimes it's going to be really big True. it's going to be burn it i, 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 fi I yeah. found it it also works works the other way around um so for instance i wrote or oh, i write spoken word uh, um, you know, pieces, and then you perform them. And in that circuit, uh, in that circuit of, of, of poetry performance, uh, you don't make, you're not going to make a lot of money. You're not going to make like 3000 euro for a performance in a small venue. Well, I didn't. Um, then I figured out that doing the exact same thing, spending the exact amount of time in a different venue, would get me like 10,000 euros. And then when, once I figured it out, then you get this endorphin rush, right? Like, oh my God, like we're gonna do that again. So then, <laughs> <laughs> so then you like, you start to rewire your brain. Like we love spoken word jobs for corporations, right? We love them. Sure, bring them on. Yeah, let's you know more, more, please, more. And based on that, I I think at this point in time, I think about 
maybe I did about 30 or 35, um, you know, and just made a, like a ton of money, like literally a ton of money based on a skill that I acquired when I was 16. And that in that surrounding that I've been, was always seen as, you know, that's eh, nice. It's, just, it's your hobby. Just, just don't quit your day job, which now, you know, like one single job is worth, um, two months paid. Right. So I love it. How our, how we can actually rewire ourselves in order to, um, strategically point us in the direction that we want to go in and going back to what creators and creative people learn these days is, um, the most minimalist version of that. And, uh, you know, the fact that you're a creator and uh, it, no, if it means that you can create a piece of art, music or whatever, it can also mean that you can create your environment. You can create your business opportunities. You can create the share value of your company, right? Like it's all the same thing. It's just that we let, well, um, a lot of us lack the confidence that we put in our art uh uh in our business dealings which is exactly what we what we train for like we do three-day seminars which effectively are about business but you know if you're really if you're really serious uh and we really look what are the working components of it it's therapy it's literally unlearning a bunch of stuff that you've learned that doesn't serve you anymore Hey friend, it's Alex just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah will help pay for the hosting and i also love coffee but enough of my babble let's get back to the show well so the call failed dear listener but it happens this is real podcasting life we don't hide our mistakes we say hey it happened i'm trying my darnest to enjoy these moments but it's so hard uh but before the call <laughs> fell Kevin was telling us about why they have three-day business workshops to bring this take away this fear from creatives that if you're creative you're not a business person and that if you're a business person you're not creative so can you tell us more about that yeah sure so uh, we call them uh, creative uh, business leadership and the idea is that um, we have this working definition for creativity which uh, is somewhat I guess confrontational to some but it says creativity is the capacity to cause or discover a desired outcome. So what this does is it takes away the function of making, right? It's not just about what you can make. If you can make it, basically, that's great. It means you don't necessarily need other people. But for let's say to enhance the scale of your work right the minute you don't want to paint uh, a canvas but a mural you're probably going to need some 
scaffolding some other people to help you, etc. So the scale of a work uh, uh, says something about how many hands and, and, and brains and eyes we need. So when you, when you consider creativity something that uh, uh, helps you to cause a desired outcome, now I can ask you to draw a banana. And when you do draw a banana, then whose banana is that? Is that your banana? Is it mine? Or is it our? Or is it our banana? Right? So from that moment on, it becomes a matter of um, guiding people to put their creativity in line with yours in order to get to this desired outcome. And that's the uh, effectively, uh, effectively, that's leadership. Like, helping people to understand the goal that we're all working towards. And so many people, especially in the creative field, consider themselves unique and at what they're doing. And many, I mean, we're all unique, uh, but we don't always do unique things because, you know, generally speaking, musicians make music, right? Um, it's a type of music they make that, 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 that differs, but, um, we all need to listen to it. Like it doesn't apply to another set of organs, for instance. So in the bigger picture, we, we do this, we do similar things, um, to understand how, what it is that you do adds value to somebody else starts to create like a like an ecosystem where people help each other work with each other and also understand their part in it and how their ownership of it relates to the impact it has and the income it provides so you know we have better conversations at the offset of a project rather than when the whole project is done and we start to divide uh, 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 hopefully profits or income but usually costs and, and, and credits, right? Uh, and in order to prevent that from happening, we have the conversation at the offset, like at, at the beginning, this is what I'm looking, this is my, my vision. So we use canvases, uh, you know, like the business model canvas and value proposition canvas, all these, these uh, typical business tools, we've changed the language a little bit um, to help people go from this cloud of 101 ideas to, okay, these are actually the structured building blocks of what I'm trying to do. And it, it needs to be something like each of these building blocks need to be able to communicate. I need to be able to communicate to somebody else who can then add their two cents to it and add their value to it. So that's what we do in these three days. And um, so what you see is that it's, it's uh, somebody called it, um, um, uh, she had a beautiful word for it. Oh, I forgot it. It wasn't confrontational. It was, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to catch it later, but, uh, something, <laughs> something along the line of, um, you know, really being confronted with a whole bunch of things that are so basic that you kind of ashamed that you never really realized it, right? Like all of these things you've learned that you need to unlearn 
in order to just be a healthy, um, entrepreneurially uh, active creator. And um, that's why I, lo I love doing them. Because, uh, you know, I'm not going to say they're, they're life-changing, but sometimes they are a little bit in three days. It sounds like a very mind-shifting, reality-altering three days, to yeah, be honest. It is. Because yeah. I think it, go, it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning. It's about recognizing your value, that your value mm -hmm. as a creative is not only in making beautiful things. It can be on bringing a new mindset, on bringing a new idea. It's how I can combine resources. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a very interesting three days of being like, yeah. wait, so... I don't have yeah, to burn it, the house down every time that I want to cook a meal. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the thing is that it's um, I mean, it's not only fun, right? But if you really think about it, so it's really about breaking through structures. So, like, if everybody from your entire uh, school year is signing up with the same agency, well, maybe some of us should choose a different path. Right. I mean, it makes complete sense. Uh, if all musicians are going to the same labels, maybe, etc. Like the laws of, uh, let's say, the, the market dynamics, the whole, you know, like um, demand and offer, uh, it only applies in a closed system. And it doesn't work in abundance. And the thing is, creativity is here in abundance. But if we keep offering it on the same platforms to the same people, it obviously going to decrease in value. And to understand how you can be free um, with your talents, with your vision, and apply it anywhere. I like, I like when, what, what Jay-Z said, like, put me anywhere on God's green earth, I triple my worth. You know, I, I really believe that. It's like, wherever you go, you bring your creativity with you, you're going to find a way to add value to people that they had never thought of. You know, and that's just God's gift to I think, us. And that's, yeah, and that's, and that's a creative process in itself. It's like how, if I'm in this new place, how am I going to find a network and connections and exactly. how am I going to do this? And breaking out of these, our traditional yeah. mindset, saying like everybody graduates and goes to work at an agency. What if I go to work? What if I apply for a job in an electric company and see what the, what's available there mm -hmm. to me? Like the competition will be a lot yeah. smaller. Like everybody goes into screen printing. What if I decide to yeah. use the old screens instead of yeah. seeing like how I can reuse the materials? And I think. That's exactly. the key, like thinking in a different way, but also seeing if thinking in this different way is productive. I actually want to ask you about what's next with your company because you're launching your app because you have this abundance of knowledge that needs to be spread. I think there's so many creatives that don't have access maybe because of where they are, because of language constraints, because of their personal situation. They might not have access to a three-day workshop with you mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that's why you're making this app to spread the word. Yeah, so it, it has it has a couple of uh, utilities to us. So one is that we want to stimulate uh, the the idea of exchanging value with one another, right? Mm -hmm. But in a 
uh, healthy uh, constricted way so that you make clear and concise agreements which is something that um, many people at you know today lack because they're super enthusiastic to you know, just start working so you're going to start and then run into the same issue that we just uh, described a couple minutes ago uh, so that's one second is uh, not too many people have adequate legal um, uh, representation and or protection that is that is a that's a thing that's a thing we don't yeah, like thinking about those things but that's a thing yeah that's a definite so what we're doing is we're building the terms and agreement uh no some sorry the terms and conditions in such a way that they provide legal protection against uh being underpaid so that's that's one though i mean that's two and then three is indeed there's so much knowledge um and even we've we've developed something like a creative health monitor um, where we can actually say, so there are th these five components that generally speaking, say something about your capacity to uh, create impact from your creativity. So those would have to be, let's say, your optimism, the sense of uh, control that you have over your surroundings, um, the level of knowledge you have about the business, all these type of things uh, play a role in uh, how confident you are and therefore how well uh, you fare in you know, creating impact and income. So we're, we've developed that, I think four years ago now, so we're still tweaking it. So it's literally like a, a questionnaire that will give you a report as to how your it's called psychometric evaluation, um, uh, how it compares to, let's say, the average uh, creator. And based on the exact score that you have, you might get recommendations. Also, um, let's say your knowledgeability uh, could be better or is a little below um, average. So these are a couple of recommended courses uh, that you could take in order to up that level. And uh, these are types of, of uh, creators that you could connect with because they rate higher um, on that same variable. So that's how we hope to give people accurate and practical tools to better themselves, um, create a healthier career, um, healthier circumstances, and you know connect with one another. I have so many thoughts. I have so many. The first question is, did you know that tomorrow is intellectual property day? Oh, for real? <laughs> I had no it's idea. For real. Tomorrow is it. And oh, I wow. think that's something that actually is covering this legal property saying like you did this, this is your intellectual property. You're going to be paid fairly for it. So yeah, coincidences. It's world I intellectual it. property day. I didn't know that was a thing until earlier at work today. Somebody told me that and I was thought, this. Why do we have a day for this? But apparently, especially for creatives, it's really important because it's it celebrating is. the fact but that you so thought about a thing. Should be like an like an international holiday for creators. It, it's it's a World Intellectual Property Day, so it's but yeah. we don't celebrate it as we should. I think I, I think I think wow. when we think intellectual property, we think uh, apps, we think tech, we think 
we don't think about creative things really when we think about intellectual exactly. property well um people who we should, mon who monetize creativity do actually think about oh yeah they do they, they, they really, really do it's like how do you think this will impact the future of education because you're essentially allowing people to build their own curriculum and to decide to embrace their knowledge gaps instead of being like oh i don't know this thing i don't want to ask that question you're telling them hey you want to ask questions here's who you ask the questions to this is the person yeah. go yeah it's so it's the thing so um technically speaking tools like this could revolutionize edu uh, creative education however Due to the fact that creative education is largely done by institutions, institutions are usually rewarded for doing the same thing consistently. There's very little innovation happening there. Matter of fact, once if we would really start to measure the earning capacity of people who have been highly educated, it could very well collapse the value or the perceived value of education uh, as we know it. Because people are not educated uh, to earn money. They're educated to learn a skill, which is something that comes from the Industrial Revolution, right? And we literally have, like I have numbers, um, um, studies uh, throughout Europe are showing that people who have been educated to, let's say, applied university level, um, all struggle to make money unless they get a job. Yep. That's, and this was pre-COVID. So imagine how many companies went belly up, especially on the creative end of, uh, of things. So, you know, like we are at the, we run the risk that education is going to fall so far behind that even the four years it takes to, to, to graduate or like five or six years it takes to graduate could already mean that whatever it was that you, you thought was going to be your job doesn't exist by the time you graduate. So creativity is really the only skill that we have that is going to keep us, um, operational, um, valuable in the, in the economic sense of the word, um, uh, because, you know, just job skills is probably not going to cut it anymore. And I'm not even talking about AI, right? Like this is, this is just technology, regular technology. AI is just going to expedite that. That, that is so true. And we saw it in other points in history and people like, if you, if we think about it today, a web designer was not a job that existed 20 years ago. Exactly. And yeah. if we stay in the graphic design, uh, a letter setter, which was the person that built the by letter by letter, the newspapers and to have them printed on a gigantic mm -hmm. printer before newspaper was on my computer, that job no longer exists. Yeah. Or if it exists, it's a very few people that do it True. as an art form, but they don't do it as a commercial job anymore. And exactly. I think that that's when the creativity comes. It's like, how am I going to take what I know already? How I'm going to transition exactly. it to what it's needed today? And how will I keep evolving mm. in the future? And that's a skill that I personally think needs to be used in creative education institutions more, not just train us to be the thing Definitely. that we think we want to be now, how train us to adapt, train us to change, train us exactly. to ask questions and find answers.
Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. It's 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 gonna be like it, like it's a great revolution. It's uh, opening and saying like, hey, let's. It's great that you took this path or that you took another path. How are we gonna bring it all together? Mm -hmm. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so cool. the bottleneck, and so that's that's one of the things that you know I I talk to a lot of um, um, schools, university uh, deacons, etc. One of the things that people pay very little attention to, which is a way bigger bottleneck than the actual curricula is uh, teachers. And I'm not talking about, you know, the engaged, super enthusiastic uh, teacher who loves their job. I'm talking about teachers who became teachers because they actually wanted to be something else or wanted to do something else, but then teaching, you know, became like their, like their refuge. Um, which is still a good thing. However, they tend to project whatever didn't work for them onto the students. And that's an issue because now they're literally demotivating younger people to be entrepreneurial because they didn't like it or that they didn't, didn't cut it. And more often than not, I hear from uh, students, especially after they leave school, when they feel like they can freely talk about it, that that has had major impact on them uh, because it cuts into your confidence. I want to say, Kevin, thank you so much for being here with me today. This has been such an insightful interview. I am so Great. happy. That, yeah, and I'm happy that I could tell you about like Intellectual Property Day. You know, I was yeah. unaware. The more you know. So uh, what do you have for the listeners? Do you have any recommendations in the form of books, movies, talks, people you would recommend to, yeah, yeah, just those resources? Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, um, um, Blue Ocean Strategy has been like a Bible. And I, I'm, I mean, I didn't know I was applying it until I read it, right? It's one of those things. But it makes it makes the whole thing so clear about how you can be creative, add value in ways that people couldn't even imagine, and I think that to me is 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 definitely uh, key. Then, what really helped me out too, and which is a completely different uh, book, but the next CEO, um, because I had issues uh, with seeing myself as a CEO or seeing myself as a business leader necessarily. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable with the framing of what a typical CEO is, right? Um, but I do consider myself an owner and until I find a good CEO, I will probably have to do the majority of that work myself. So Reading that book really gave me insights as to, um, let's say, how to manage your 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 time, uh, your focus, uh, talk to people, build teams, and set standards, uh, and that was super insightful. I I did the audio book while I was um, I was driving down from Rotterdam to Nice in France. And I did the whole book uh, uh, in that uh, on that road trip, and it was amazing. Like it was insightful. It was a, a great 
trip. It was nice weather. So like I have nothing but butterflies in my stomach when I and I hear the title of that book. Um uh, yeah, I got some so many. Like uh on the spiritual side of things, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. It was epic. Um still is epic. Um Letting Go. Letting Go the Pathway of Surrender. This is definitely a book that will help you guide balance out staying calm being centered and understanding the dynamics that you're going through because it it makes such a difference to me at least it makes such a difference whether you're experiencing it or you understand what it is that you're experiencing and just knowing that is is uh grand so those are three i think three four I have no yeah idea. three yeah That's those incredible. are three recommendations i could make thank you so much came for your time how can people find you like how in which social medias are you what would you rec if somebody had just five minutes and wanted to learn as much as possible about you where could they find you uh great question uh well the easiest thing is um because it's the shortest handle it's uh, instagram it's at blackstar it's uh blackstar with uh, b-l-a-x-t-a-r underscore um but linkedin i'm pretty active on linkedin uh try to share as much as possible about uh about the projects that i do um and then obviously we have a website creative revolution uh which is cre8 and then tiff revolution um which is a prize-winning website i might add because uh we keep being uh, uh nominated for uh, awards for the design So kudos to the designers uh, of um, Studio Zakmes. Um, a little shout out there. Uh, nice. Yeah, and uh, well, furthermore, I mean, the name Blackstar, B-L-A-X-T-A-R, should definitely uh, pop something of mine up on your um, in your Google search. Sounds good. And I'll add all the links to the show notes. Again, Kevin, thank you so much for your time today. Thank and you for having me and for inviting me. It was really, really lovely to. I hope we get to meet each other in person one day. Definitely, we both live in Rotterdam. I mean, we should. So there you go. You should, you should, you should, you should swing by the by the office and um, uh, or even the seminar. That would be great. I will. Yeah, we can talk about that. I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm like, I have to do. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. All right. Be safe. So how did you enjoy that? Because I loved it. I love an auditory learner. I love a self-made story. I, yeah, I've, I've just been enthralled by Kevin and his work for a while now, since I listened to him on Innovation Talks with uh, Claudia Meyer and Chris Locke. You might remember Chris was a past guest. You'll find that link in the show notes, as well as everything on how to get in touch with Kevin. If you want to join one of his seminars, I am definitely going to do it because let's face it, I'm a creative and creatives need that kind of support. I've also added the books to my reading list because let's face it, I like reading and I like recommendations. So that's why my show notes are so long. Well, I don't want to ramble too much. I just want to say thank you again, Kevin. And thank you for the insights to you, listener. Please go check out Kevin because he's a well of knowledge. Truly, you can just dive into that knowledge and come out a better person. So definitely go check him out. 
And as we come to the end of the show, I want to say thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time. I hope you're enjoying these conversations. Please subscribe to the show, give it a review or give us feedback. It's always welcome. Are there questions you would like to ask creatives or do you have somebody you would like to recommend for the show? You can reach out to me on social media or email, which is all linked in the show notes. Also, special thank you to Anne Catherine and Marcus for supporting the show through Buy Me a Coffee. Love you guys and I appreciate the encouragement. Also, thank you to Ro Haltheide for the music for this show and to Immaculate Lemarin for her help proofreading the transcripts and helping keep the podcast as accessible as possible. To close, thank you for listening again this week and I hope to be back in your ears very soon. Until then, keep learning and stay curious. Bye.